Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. So, Kelly, off air, you were just telling me, and I just feel like, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I feel like the audience deserves to know this. You were telling me that Sonic Frontiers was going to be the God of War killer. <laughs> so I just want to do, uh, now that we're on the air, mm -hmm. I was hoping you could explain your rationale to Sonic Frontiers being, as you said, definitively, wholly, and without exception, better than God of War Ragnarok for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 home systems. Yeah. Can I, you explain yourself? Yeah. Um, this completely verifiable information that I have definitely 100% said before we started recording. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith in Sonic Frontiers and the way that it looks and the way that the gameplay looks. Um, so I just, I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to just assert my opinion right now and say that God of War Ragnarok, um, uh, what are they saying about it? Uh, uh, DLC, uh, could have made it two years ago. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Sonic Frontiers is a, a new frontier, if you will. <laughs> For gaming. <laughs> For gaming. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see who's eating their words in, uh, at the end of, uh, 2022. Yeah, we only have a few more weeks till those two games come out and kill each other. <laughs> Are they coming I can't out wait for on all... the same day? One day apart. Oh, okay. Because God of War is coming out on a Wednesday, like a like a dunce. That's weird. It's because God of like the the ninth of of November is like a Norse holiday, so they're like, oh, it's coming out on a Norse, and it's like, oh. shut up, release it on a Tuesday. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like it come everything comes out Tuesdays. Or Fridays, except Mario and Rabbits is coming out on a Thursday, which makes me maybe even matter. Yeah, that is peculiar. Um, but as a side note, because this isn't a full news story, but they did release a tiny bit of God of War gameplay, Ragnarok, mm -hmm. on Game Informer, mm -hmm. and I looked at it, and it looked good. It looked technically incredible. It also looked identical to the last game to me. And, like, yes, it has new mechanics and weapons, probably, and, like, there's a bunch going on, and there's new enemies. I am so disappointed, though. Like, I'm probably going to play it. It's probably going to have a great story. It's going to be a good game. But, like, we switched generations. We're on PS5. And because this game is cross-gen, I just feel like it can't do any better. Because that first God of War game pushed the PS4 to its absolute limits, right? Like, what else can they do? Yeah, I'm watching it now. I, um, you don't think it looks better? I think it looks a little bit more polished, but like it doesn't look like five years and another generation later to me. Yeah, I guess I would agree. It does sort of feel. I don't know. You're right. It like, has been five at, years, hasn't it? Yeah, I feel like the easiest, easiest, uh, like equating to make is like Ratchet and Clank from 2016 versus Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart from 2021. I think that is like an, a generational leap. Yeah. It is a true change. It looks incredible. It looks way better. This looks good. It looks great. Okay. I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-God of War. I'm excited to play it genuinely. And I loved God of War 2018, even if I think it's overblown a little bit. <laughs> um, I just am a little sad because I think if there was, if this was just a PS5 game, I think we would be gobsmacked by what they would show us. Yeah. God smack. <laughs> um yeah, I do I do sort of feel like this is a little bit straddled by um 
I don't know if straddled is the right word. <laughs> I do think that this is a little bit um, <laughs> uh, 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 held back. Yeah. Um, this is a weird bit of gameplay to show off, honestly. It's like super random. I guess it's probably the most non-spoilery gameplay they could have shared. I, feel I like- know at this point it feels very apparent that they're holding back things. Not because it's not finished or doesn't look good, but because they, they want people to just experience this game yeah. as pure as possible. I don't think I like the the UI. I don't know. That's it, fair. It doesn't look... It just. I feel like the one from the first game... Not the first game, but the 2018 version looked better. Did um did you see the new Rick and Morty advertisement? Yes, I did. Okay. That was it also sent to you by somebody evil? No, I did not. Oh. Okay. I, mean, I no, had it, it sent not. to me. Okay. I had it sent to me by a <coughs> friend of the show who I now it would consider enemy of the show. <laughs> Cameron. Um I didn't I hate Rick and Morty. <laughs> It looks, I really don't like it, and it's there's an ad for God of War that's like Rick and Morty. It is Rick and Morty. Oh. You know, I oh, thought this whole time that? you were referring to that little bit of gameplay we saw of High on Life. High, what's it called? Oh, no. I meant there is an advertisement for God of War that is Rick and Morty talking, and like Rick shaves his head, or Morty. Which one's the one with Spikey? Uh, that's Rick. Rick shaves his head and paints red on his face, and then they go to the God of War dimension, and he picks up the axe, and he's like... And other weapons that you can't see because spoilers. Yeah. And I was just like mad because I'm like, this is stupid. I don't like, I don't like Rick and Morty and I don't understand this advertisement. And I was suffering from a severe migraine last night. (laughs) And I was like, this is worse than my migraine. Wow. But if you want to play God of War Ragnarok on a PlayStation 5 that you don't yet have and you live somewhere. That's not the United States of America. I have bad news. Your price is going to be higher now. PlayStation is raising the price of the PS5 in all major territories except the US by about $50. Obviously, because different territories have different currencies, there's a lot of different price changes, but Canada, Europe, Japan, all getting price hikes on the PlayStation 5. How do you feel about this, Kelly? Um, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's already such an expensive console. I I don't know. I guess I feel like to me, to me, fifty dollars is like, oh, it's fifty dollars. Like that's a lot, but it's not like a hundred. Um, but I don't know why one hundred is like that threshold of being too much for me because fifty dollars is a lot, and I I think that this is unfortunate. I understand that the demand is really high still, and the supply is still low. Um. So I guess I can understand trying to up the price to sort of close the gates a little bit. But I I think that's exactly you hit the nail on the head, though. I think a lot of people view it as, oh, fifty dollars isn't that much. It's not a hundred bucks. And they know they can just raise it by 50 bucks without creating creating too much of a stir. If it went up to 600 bucks, that sounds so much worse. And I think a lot of people would view it as such. Yeah, especially since it's been out for, you know two years now it's like usually after a certain amount of time the price goes down or a better console is introduced a better version of the same console um, is introduced and that is when the price goes down on the old one but 
there is no better version. Um, I feel like barely anybody even has a PS5 at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I guess what it is is that it's just too much. Too many people want one, and there's just not enough. So I just don't know. I, it's funny because I think about like when we started college in 2015. Well, you started 2014. When we started college in 2015, um, that was one year after the PlayStation 4 came out, right? Oh, no, PlayStation 4 was 2013, right? Yeah. Within two years, everybody had one, you know? Yeah. Nobody in the in the dorm where we lived that I lived, you didn't live in the same dorm as me. Um, no one in the dorm I lived had a PlayStation 3. Everyone had a PS4. Yeah. And now I think about people who have PlayStations and so many more people still have their PlayStation 4s because it's just hard to get a PS5. Yeah. Things are a lot different now. Or they switch like, to Xbox. Yeah, because you could get one. <laughs> yeah, because it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's just weird. The world we're living, the PlayStation world that we live in right now is quite peculiar. It is. It is. It's a big purchase if you are <laughs> thinking of buying a PlayStation 5 and you're not in the U.S. I mean, it's still a pretty big purchase if you're in the U.S. But, but you know what else is a big purchase? Is I I do. Do you want to tell me? Yes. Uh, so, uh, those we know so well, NetEase, the uh, Chinese game publisher, has acquired Quantic Dream. Um, Quantic Dream, most notably known for Heavy Rain, Detroit, Become Human, uh, Beyond Two Souls, uh, the David Cage Studio. Um, for those of you who are more familiar with uh, that horrible Frenchman. Um, <coughs> <laughs> that sounded bad. <laughs> he is horrible and he's a Frenchman. So. That is correct. Not arguing. Just uh, anyway. Uh, but David Cage basically said, um, you know, we've been trying to be acquired or have had discussions around acquisition for like the past 25 years, which is absurd. Oh. Um, Nobody wants to buy David. Nobody wants to buy Quantic Dream. First of all, these games are extremely expensive to make because not only are they like almost completely mo-capped, but they're always led by actors and actresses who are expecting a certain amount of pay uh, versus voice actors, which are expecting a much smaller amount of pay. Um, so basically, they were just saying that this offer met their expectations of um, you know, financially and also maintaining editorial independence, quote unquote. Um, David Cage can still be horny. Exactly. Um, so what does this mean? I don't really know. There's a new uh, Star Wars game coming out, Quantic Dream Star Wars game. And I mean, who knows how many years, but. <clears throat> 12, probably 12. 12 years. Yeah, probably. So we'll see. I mean, I don't care much for Quantic Dream games. The only one I really enjoyed was Detroit. And that's only because I liked the um, just one character and his sections of the game. All the other sections really fell flat for me. So 
I don't really care so much about this news. Um, it's just another thing that, you know, these big Chinese companies are just sort of like eating up the market. Um, well, this was ran This felt weird to me. This felt random because Quantic Dream is not a small studio. Mm -mm. Um, and it's not like mobile games or like, uh, or like, uh, like I, it, like I said, they're not small. So it, it felt significant to me that this was like one of the first like big studios that they had really acquired. Um, yeah, it feels like this isn't with the intent of making like cheap mobile games. Yeah. Although I feel like, again, this is similar to like when that Capcom exec left for NetEase. It feels almost like NetEase might have a plan to make like real video games versus Tencent making money machines. And I f this kind of contributes to that hope that NetEase is not going to be as evil, if you will. I don't care as much about Quantic Dream either, but like I do try to keep a clear head about the fact that this is bad, and I don't like game studios being bought like this, even if it's a studio I don't particularly care about. Also, in my brain, I knew Quantic Dream wasn't owned by PlayStation, but my brain was like, but they are. Me too. And now it's like, never mind. I guess that just was never the case in my brain is wrong. I thought they were owned by Sony. I thought they were as well. Just because I, f I feel like... Wasn't Beyond Two Souls a PlayStation exclusive? All their games were. Detroit got moved to PC eventually, but Beyond, Heavy Rain, and uh, Detroit were all PlayStation on launch. And I think... Is heavy heavy rain in Detroit? All of them are on PC now, I think. But they were distinctly not. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. A game that you still will be able to play on your PlayStation though, is Call of Duty. Microsoft has confirmed that they have plans to keep keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for years. That is in quotes beyond their current agreements. So realistically, their current agreements probably lasted till mm, 2023. We won't know those numbers for sure, but probably another two years or so of Call of Duty coming to PlayStation on the current agreements. It would have been completely, uh, I want to say reasonable. No, it's not reasonable. It would have been understandable for Microsoft to pull the plug on PlayStation Call of Duty as early as 2024, but now they have confirmed they have years planned ahead, and I think it probably is just looking at the raw numbers and being like, hmm, how many people would buy an Xbox if we took it off PlayStation versus how much money would we make just selling it on PlayStation and realizing that those millions and millions of PlayStation copies are worth a lot. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this... Um Call of Duty is one of those games that, like, if you don't play games, you'll you pro you could probably still play Call of Duty. It's it has mass appeal, and it has for a very long time. Um, I don't think it's particularly earned it, just because a lot of Call of Duty games are really mediocre in some part. But most people buy them for the multiplayer anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it would be very shocking if they were suddenly to be like, "Psych, it's an exclusive." So this makes sense to me in the interest of making as much money as possible. Um, these types of things make yeah. sense to me. I think every other Activision property would make sense to me on 
Xbox exclusively. Like if they made Crash 5 or whatever next year and that was exclusive to Xbox, that would make sense to my brain. If they made a new Tony Hawk, I don't think they will. But if they made like a new Tony Hawk or if they made a new, oh, Diablo 4. I would be pretty surprised if Diablo 4 was on PlayStation. Yeah. See, it's interesting you bring up Crash though because I always associate Crash with PlayStation. Uh, yeah, because I mean that's that was his home. Naughty Dog but, and yeah, they own it. Yeah, but but interesting. They don't own it. Wow. Also, I want a, a correction. Diablo Four is coming to everything. I knew I had a feeling that I was wrong, but Diablo Four is coming to all consoles. Mm. I think that was in development way before this happened. So yeah, I feel like that game has been in development for a long time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to forge on ahead. Thanks. The next <laughs> I needed story. to get out of that loop because <laughs> I wouldn't have known how to get out. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, as we know, Halo Infinite is finally getting its forge mode. Um, you'll never believe when it launches. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Is it the same day as... Hang on. Wait. Oh, my God. What? The biggest <laughs> so day funny. of the year, November 8th, 2022. Um, <laughs> Halo Infinite is finally getting its Forge mode, which will be an online campaign co-op. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Which will be the online mode. Um, uh, 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 and the online campaign co-op campaign. How many times can I say online campaign co-op? Uh, it's coming out the same day. But the split screen co-op that they were talking about um, was like, uh, uh, sorry, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, which is very unfortunate because I feel like it was a fun bit of nostalgia um, for Halo fans because that's kind of, you know, the beginning of everything is the couch co-op, but it's unfortunate. It feels crappy. I don't, I don't know many like games that, that even have couch co-op anymore. I feel like the last game I played that had couch co-op was um, WarioWare. <laughs> I mean, games have like, games that don't need to split the screen in half have a lot easier time these days. That's true. You know? Yeah. I mean, like yeah, I Mario guess 3D World and like. The quarry was kind of a co-op thing. It was just, yeah. here's a controller, here's a controller, here's a controller. I miss, I wish there was more couch co-op. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's like I said, it's kind of a nostalgic like this is how we used to do things kinda kinda thing. Yeah, but it's better. Yeah. I like playing things on the couch with with my friends. In a cooperative manner. In a cooperative manner. <laughs> but uh I guess it doesn't really matter <coughs> since it's coming out the same day as Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. That's I just had it in the sheet as November. I didn't even notice that it was the same day. <laughs> well, I thought it was that, that date keeps sticking out to me. Because I feel like there's just so much happening on November 8th, but. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, something that will not be happening November 8th, unless it does. I don't think it will. Assassin's Creed Mirage has been revealed. It'll have a full gameplay reveal next week, September 10th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, it looks to be very... Uh, Hmm. It's going to be the Prince of Persia. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but 
I feel like... You know what I think Ubisoft should do and what would make them a lot of money is to just remake like one and two. Especially and three. Like two, the yeah. Ezio trilogy, I feel like they should remake. Um, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these new Assassin's Creed games just fall really flat because it's just like it's getting very trite. And they, I feel like yeah. they keep sort of like revisiting... I don't know. I think they should really do something like very different. We've done a lot Japan. in Europe. We're we're starting to do a lot in like um I don't I don't really know what this game is, where it's set. It I looks to be Egyptian. Middle Eastern of some sort. Yeah, I think it's Egypt. Egypt. Um which is what which was what uh Odyssey, Origins right? Yeah was in which one Odyssey is the Odyssey one that's set in the Greece, Greece, right? Yeah. I think it would be cool if they started to do like South America or like uh, Eastern Asia. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these settings are just getting sort of reused because it's um, easier to sort of reuse concepts and assets. Um, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, I feel like they're always trying to be like, this new Assassin's Creed game is going to be so different than the last 10 you played. And it's like, but it's not. It's not going to be different. Um, I thought it, I kind of assumed, and I'm not like into with the Assassin's Creed world, so I'm definitely wrong. But I kind of assumed we were going to see Infinity next, yeah, which is the, that, uh, that like live, yeah, the Fortnite one, <laughs> which like I still have the understanding that it, it will play like an Assassin's Creed game, but just like have an organic world, which is a cool idea, but. I don't know if I trust them to do it. We'll see. I just assume I was surprised to hear about this when I was like, oh, I really thought Infinity would be the next thing we heard about. Yeah. When do you think this game will come out, though? Because I genuinely don't even have a guess. So I'll let you handle that. I think this one will come out in 2024. Four? Yeah. When was the last one, though? Valhalla was 21. what, 2020? Oh, yeah, maybe. No, because it came out with the PS5, right? Yeah. I don't know how long Assassin's Creed's take anymore because <laughs> it was so distinctly annual for so long. Yeah. You know what Assassin's Creed I really liked? It, I liked three. It is it because America is the best place in the world? <laughs> no, I just felt like the story was uh, interesting and I liked Connor. I thought he was a really good protagonist. I know people didn't like him as much as Ezio, but of course they didn't. I played Assassin's Creed 1 many years ago, and I said, this is terrible. <laughs> so I shelved it and skipped to 2. Loved 2. Played the crap out of that game. And then started Brotherhood? What what comes after I think two? it's Brotherhood and then Revelations. Revelations. Okay, and I started Brotherhood. Games. I started Brotherhood and instantly went, wow, this is the exact same thing and quit <laughs> immediately um and that is my experience with the assassin's creed series yeah i played in its entirety yeah i've done those and then i played um odyssey for a little while i didn't really like it i couldn't really tell what they were trying to do i feel like the tone is just off in assassin's creed games i don't know and what was the one with the twins syndicate what was that one called 
The British. I think one? you're right. That's the yeah. That's Syndicate, right? I Unity. So. Unity. Syndicate. What's? Is that a real thing? Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Isn't that a TV show or something? Syndicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Syndicate. That was. What is it? The one with the twins. Oh, that was the French one, right? No. Syndicate was the one with Evie and uh, Jacob. They're twins. That was the first one you could play a girl in. Unity is... Well, the first, like, main... Oh, Syndicate's a direct sequel to Unity. Yeah, Unity's... Unity's... So they're both British. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> There's no, so many, move. dude. Just... It's the, what's the point? Let's just move on. We I don't even know what we could contribute to the conversation at this point. Yeah, we're until just, we'll we'll talk about it next week when we see it probably. I'm just waxing probably. nostalgic at this point. Um much like Netflix trying to wax the Resident Evil fans, which uh unfortunately oh did not work because it was bad. Um so Netflix hey. said, uh we're uh canceling Resident Evil, the series. Which is actually very interesting because I thought that Netflix put a lot of money into it. In terms of like a lot of money. marketing too, uh, and yet, and yet, nothing. So the new Assassin's Creed series uh, has been canceled. Netflix has opted you mean res not to order a second season. You mean Resident Evil? But what did I say? Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah, sorry, Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> I didn't know if there was like some subline to this to the story that I didn't see, and I was like, wait. <laughs> no, I. Um, it's it's sad though because. Um, I've, you know, it was bad, but it also didn't really stand a chance. It was yeah. Stranger Things was still really big at the time. Um, I mean that was the end of Stranger Things five four. Was July first, and then Resident Evil came out like two weeks later. Uh, and it just I don't know, and it just wasn't good. And I feel like it because you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, I watched three episodes, and I kind of liked it. I saw potential, but I also watched it miss its own potential several times. I feel like if they maybe had, um, like stronger star power, I feel like it could have made it. Like if they had a stronger, like a stronger cast to incentivize yeah. more watching. I just feel like a lot of them were unknowns. Um, and Lance Reddick was like people kind of know who that is, but also he was like not. I mean character i mean he was a main character but he wasn't in it that much yeah from what i watched yeah and i think i don't know i don't know you don't really it, to me like resident evil just doesn't suit like a tv show right now i feel like in the 90s the movies worked because they were stupid and they were camp and they were fun and you got to watch mila jovovich like slay zombies in like a cocktail dress um, but every like new Resident Evil like media outside of the games has just been like we're taking ourselves very seriously right now, and that's just not how the that's just not how the world is. It it doesn't work like that. No, it was it was a disappointment. I'm not sad that it's canceled. I think it's sad for the people who worked on it that it got canceled so swiftly because that was like what month is it? That was a couple months ago. That's not really a lot of time. Yeah. But I guess that's really, this would probably be the time when they started working on a new season. So they probably had to to decide which way it was going to go. Oh, well. Oh, well. 
Uh, before we get into what we played this week, we have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Sentry. That is twitch.tv backslash PGH S-E-N-T-R-Y. Or go to their website, smacksentry.gg. S-M-A-K Sentry.gg to find more info about attending or viewing their content. If I'm not mistaken, and again, I will reach out to my contacts. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're going to drop Smash on November 8th, and then they will have a line of televisions, and people will be playing Sonic Frontiers as fast as possible. What? If I'm not mistaken, I don't want to misrepresent them. But I'll confirm. I'll confirm. I'll be back next week, and I will let you know if Century indeed will become Century Frontiers. <gasps> the new frontier. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Kelly, speaking of Netflix and Netflix video game programs, Tekken Bloodlines came out. Anime version of Tekken 3. I watched a hefty chunk of it. I did not quite finish it because I've been busy as a bee and also trying to play video games a whole lot lately. Um, quick impressions. The art style takes a minute to get used to because it's 3D. It's like that 3D anime style. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but like I think about other 3D anime like Beastars that like really blends the line really nicely. This does not blend the line as nicely. Um, but as I watched more and more, I kind of got used to it and start, started to appreciate it a bit. Um, because like specifically in fight scenes, they were able to capture the general flow of actual Tekken really well. So I think I get why they did that for that purpose only. Um, the scenes without fighting look a lot more janky. But I think it was it's well acted. Its story is interesting enough. It is not surprising, especially if you have any knowledge of Tekken, but I think it's well executed. Um, it's really, really short, so if you're interested in it, it's only going to take you a couple hours to watch the whole first season, and because this isn't a big-budget live-action show, I feel like a second season seems pretty inevitable. I think it might drop the Bloodlines title and call it something else, but we'll have to wait and see. I do suggest it, though, if you have an interest in Tekken or the Tekken story, this is a good way to consume it. Um, and it's available on Netflix now. Another thing that I played this week was Kiwi. Um, that's spelled like key, like the thing you lock your door with, and we, like you and I, we. Um, it's You play as two little Kiwi birds, and you're doing little tasks. You're working in a mail room. You're working uh, to send letters and packages. To send messages to people. <laughs> to write letters to people. Um, it's adorable. It is a couch co-op game. If you've played games like Moving Out, like Overcooked, you know what you're getting into. Uh, I think it's very well executed. It's simple. It doesn't over... like it, The mechanics are very simple while the challenges that you're facing are semi-complicated and they can get, they get more and more complex as you move on. But um, it's not that hard in a good way, though. You feel like you're overcoming the challenges super well, 
but that's kind of just the flow of the game, especially if you're playing with somebody that, that you're in sync with. Um, you don't even have to like talk to each other. You just know what you have to do. And then when it comes together where you have to actually synchronize, you just start chatting. Um, I was playing at Couch Co-op. You can play it online. Um, it's available on PlayStation's Extra, PlayStation Plus Extra, or Premium. So if you have either of those services, it's available for free. I suggest that very highly. I think it's adorable. Um, it's pretty short. I played about an hour and some change, and we got about halfway through the game, me and my partner. It's... I paid for a physical copy um, because my partner showed me a video of the game. I was like, this is adorable. We should play it. I'm like, yes. And then that next day I saw it on sale on Amazon for like 12 bucks. And I'm like, wow. So I ordered it. And then I smacked it in my console because I knew it had a free PlayStation 5 version. And then it went to upgrade. And it just took me to the PlayStation Plus page. And I was like, oh, this game's free. <laughs> and I've never done that. Like, I've never bought a game that I could have had access to for free, which is funny because, like, I played so much Game Pass last year, and I felt real dumb. But, hey, it's fine, right? Yeah. Right? Sure. <laughs> Big. Okay, yeah, I know. Big game I played this week. Inscription. Just came out on PlayStation. It has been on PC for a while. Um... How do I describe Inscription? It's by the creator of Super Pony Island, which is a subversive game from last, what, from 2017? It is a card game. It is you and an opponent and a line of four cards on each of your sides. Uh, I'm not going to explain the card mechanics because I think that's something you can just see from watching. If you have an interest in this game, before I get deeper into it, if you have an interest in this game, don't go Googling it. Watch like the trailer on the PlayStation page if you have to see it. That's fine. But I wouldn't recommend looking into it too much because there are some major elements that I think are better experienced blind. This, like I said, is a card game. It has a lot of interesting world building. The very beginning of the game, a couple of the cards that you have in your hands start talking to you. And they're basically implying that, like, you're stuck here and you don't know why and you don't know how to get out. And this is not where you want to be. And um, the visuals are very upsetting, but deliberately. They're not scary per se. You don't if you're like sensitive to horror, you can still play this game. It's not scary, but it is peculiar. It is unpleasant at times. Would you say it's spooky? I'd say it's spooky, but not scary. Okay. This is a great Halloween game, actually. <gasps> so maybe wait till next month if you're really thinking about it. But um, this is a really, really challenging game to talk about because there's so much going on underneath the surface that I will not tell you because it is so incredibly interesting, but only because I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew it was subversive. I had been told it was subversive. I had heard it compared to certain other subversive games like Undertale and like Doki Doki. It's different than those for sure, but it did subvert. It's so hard to talk about because I just sound so stupid because I'm sitting here like it subverted my expectations. <laughs> but overall, I thought it was a really incredible game. The mechanics are really fun. So even while you're experiencing this peculiar story, um, 
the mechanics never get old. I kind of almost wish, because the game is like a roguelike, I kind of wish there was like a story-free... So there, there's a mod for the game that is just DLC that includes like a story-free roguelike version of this game where you don't have to worry about the story. You just play the game as it is. I almost wish like it was longer and had a lot more depth because it's a really good... it's It has good mechanics. But I do think the game story-wise kind of overstayed its welcome by just like a little bit. But that didn't hurt the overall quality. I just kind of wanted it to be over in the last couple hours. It took me like about eight to nine hours to see everything this game had on offer as far as like main story content. This is such a boring review to listen to, I'm sure. I'm just listing facts. <laughs> no, it's like okay. this is like an objective review where I'm just listing facts and not stating opinions other than I loved it and it did subvert my expectations. And I think it's worth your time. It's also cheap. It's only 20 bucks, 20 bucks for like an eight hour experience with a lot of fun gameplay mechanics. I think that's worth it. It's real spooky, but not scary. Check it out. You just want it to be spoiler-free and fun for your audience. Yeah, because normally I'm okay saying, like, not spoilers, but, like, kind of giving, like, plot synopses and, like, giving you an idea of what you're going to be doing start to finish. But, like, this game, I'm like, nope, there are cards, and it's weird, and sometimes the cards will talk to you. That's all I'll say. No biggie. And it's real good. <laughs> it's real good. It's reasonably priced. It's available on PlayStation now. If you have PC, it's been on there for a while. Get on that. It's probably a little better on PC because there's some mechanics involving like the mouse that they translated to PlayStation pretty darn well, but I'm sure just playing it in its original form would be a little better. Yeah, that's really all I can say. Um, it's really hard to talk about, but I love it. It's probably going to end up on some game of the year lists for me. Which also we have to start thinking about because it's September. Ugh. Oops. Don't I forgot about that. It. But that's that's my week. That's I played games this week. That's great. I played games, but they're all games that I've talked about before. So I really got nothing for you all. I have been playing the Dead by Daylight and I've been playing the new Project W chapter. Um which is have you won what have you been winning um it's been kind of a mix with dead by daylight there is a significant difficulty between playing solo queue like solo survivor versus playing a survivor with friends because there's no voice chat you can't communicate with um the other survivors unless you're on like a call together like a discord mm -hmm. call together um so there is like a significant difficulty gap um, so it's okay. been wins and loses. I feel like Dead by Daylight's one of those games that sometimes a loss feels good, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, a loss can be defined as either, you know, you got killed in the match or you got away, but you didn't really do that much in the match. That could also kind yeah. of be like a personal loss just because you don't get as many points, so you don't, you know, prestige as much. The prestige system is kind of different in Dead by Daylight, but <laughs> excuse Bless me. You. But uh, I've been playing the new chapter. It's about twelve dollars on Steam. Um, so if that's the price that you're willing to pay for Wesker and Ada Wong and Rebecca Chambers, um, then you know you do that. If you're a Dead by Daylight player, if you're not, then 
I probably wouldn't play it. I probably wouldn't buy it. <laughs> probably just play Resident Evil at that point. Yeah. Well, Kelly, we've done it. We had another week. It was successful. We talked about your most anticipated game, Sonic Frontiers. Yes. We talked about my most anticipated game, also Sonic Frontiers. Yes. Uh, I think maybe we should just call off the next like seven episodes until Sonic Frontiers is out. Yeah. Do you think that's probably best? Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to talk about anything except for Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, like that Halloween episode that you're probably excited about. Not happening. Not happening. Because that's the week before Sonic Frontiers. Exactly. All right, Kelly. All right, Kelly. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, I'm not willing to close out. You have to close out. Oh, well, thanks, everybody, so much for listening to us. Um, uh, We really appreciate you spending your time with us. Um, Can't wait to talk to you again next week, probably about Sonic Frontiers. Bring it home. Bring it home. Bring it home. Bring it home. um, Bring it home. This has been Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew, and we will see you. And we will see you. Bring it home. Next week. Same place. <laughs> bring it home. How do I bring it home? What do I say? You've been bringing it home. You just have to do it faster. I'm trying. Before people... It's hard. You're pressuring me. You keep going, bring it home, bring it home, bring it home. I'm bringing it home. I bring it home. I'm going to cut myself saying that out. So <laughs> it sounds like you were just getting real nervous for no reason. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) See you next week. Bye.